Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Kings, 1 Kings. Man, I enjoyed that. Put your hands together for our worship team. Find 1 Kings 21. Thank you, Minister Mike. Verse 17, from the New King James tonight, and we do have notes. I think those have been passed out. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Rise and go down and meet Ahab, the king of Israel, who lives in Samaria. There he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he's gone down to take possession of it. You shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, you have murdered and also taken possession. You shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. Wow, what a powerful word. Verse 20. So Ahab said to Elijah, You found me, O my enemy. And he said, I have found you because you've sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. I've got to stop and say, one of the things that will mark 2021 is that the Lord is going to deal with people who have sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord. You'll see it, you'll read about it, you'll know that God's intervened. He desires that none would perish, but there comes a time when you cross over and you'd be turned over to an abased mind. There comes a time when you can get rep- be reprobate. That ought, to, that ought to give you a little bit of fear for those of you that are continuing to go headlong into things. He does give grace. He digs around the fig tree and, and fertilizes it for a year. And after that, get out your McCulloch chainsaw I should say a still. Nobody loses those McCulloughs in Alaska. It's a still. Or Husqvarna, maybe. Anyway, verse 21. Behold, I'll bring calamity on you. I will take away your posterity. And I will cut off from Ahab every male in Israel, both bond and free. I'll make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, and like the house of Bishah, the son of Ahijah because of the provocation which you have provoked me to anger and made Israel sin. And concerning Jezebel, the Lord also spoke and said, the dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel, and the dog shall eat whoever belongs to Ahab. <laughs> this is a great text. <laughs> and dies in the city. And the birds shall eat whoever dies in the field. There was no one like Ahab who sold himself, verse 25, to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because of, because of Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up. And he behaved very abominably in following idols according to all that the Amorites had done whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. And so it was, verse 27, when Ahab heard those words, 
that he tore his clothes and he put on sackcloth on his body and he fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. And the word of the Lord, verse 28, came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, See how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he's humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. Let's pray. Father, move in power. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This passage in your hearing tonight is a passage that is, I believe, profound towards America in the hour in which we live. There is clearly abominations and leaders that have led in them. There is corruption and political intrigue and wickedness. And I believe even a spirit of Jezebel that's had America by the neck. And by the way, Jezebel is not a gender, it's not a female. It's a spirit. And there have been many that have been provoked to wickedness. And I think the depths of the wickedness in America is probably beyond anything any of us can fathom. I think the corruption runs so deep in the Republican Party. I think corruption runs so deep in the Democrat Party. I think corruption runs so deep in our nation that I'm not sure. Well, with God, nothing's impossible. I'll just answer, I'll answer my own feelings and my sense of the incredible darkness that's taking place. And if God can take an Ahab and turn things around in his generation, I mean, it's sad to be one of Ahab's sons for sure. But if God could do it for Ahab, who humbled himself, God could do it for you. Because after all, I don't see anyone bowing down to an Asherah pole here tonight. I don't see anybody that's come to offer incense to Baal. We're in the house of the Lord, so there must be some desire that you've come here maybe to meet a girlfriend or a boyfriend, or maybe you came because your mom or your daddy made you, but maybe you're here because you really want to be. Either way, God's able to touch us, change us, and bring us to a place of repentance so that his power can come upon our lives, our family, our church, our nation. Can you say amen? We are again at the time of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. It's like, yay! Oh. I don't know why we think that way. It's just because so many things surround food. I preached this morning and uh, had numerous people tell me it was a very impactful message for them. It was a little bit different than what I usually preach. I usually take the text right from... Daniel 10 and pair that with Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 is the, a passage on true fasting and what his chosen fast produces. And we talked about that over seven points. I'd encourage you to go listen to that and avail yourself and encourage yourself to fast and pray over these next 21 days. It starts at midnight tonight. He said, well, I've never done it. Okay, well, maybe, maybe you just, you know, be, uh, use moderation. You don't want to go on to like a, a liquid fast. There's all kinds of different fasts. There's liquid fasts. There's Daniel fast. There's water fast. There's, there's different kinds of fasts in length. There's three-day fast. There's half-day fast. Did you know that Cornelius did half-day fast? There's three-quarter-day fast. And he said, well, where do you get the time? 
the times from it. In Scripture, there's all kinds of examples of duration of fast and how long. There's 40-day fast. Jesus did that. If, if Jesus, being fully God, fully man, fasted for 40 days, I would say that it would probably be good for us to fast as well. And I'm, this is just a personal belief of mine. I think I heard it from another preacher, and then I thought, I, I, I think maybe I think that's true. I don't have Scripture to back it. Well, there's a few. The 40-day fast. I think maybe God has to call you to that. I don't, I don't think you should come up with just an idea that you should just do a 40-day fast. I think, I think God should call you to it, speak to you to do it. And you better know you've heard from God. I remember on an extended fast, I began to have encounters with the Lord. Uh, and, and I don't mean like, you know, just my hair standing on end. I mean like supernatural stuff that was semi-terrifying me, but I knew it was God. See, there's realms in God that most people won't, won't go after. You get hungry and thirsty, he'll touch you in direct proportion to the hunger you have. I've told you that many, many times before. There's no telling what God can do through a people who will set themselves apart to seek his face. Most of the time, we are so distracted by our phones and by the day-to-day -day life and you know, so distracted by the, the things that we have to do. And, and we do have to go to work. You don't work, you don't eat. It's important to work. Work's a godly thing. But we can get so tied up. I have a hard time hitting the off switch. I try to do that on Monday. It doesn't always work. You have to have times where you, where you just decompress, you know, and, just, and, and really focus and get refreshed. That's what the Sabbath is all about. So fasting and prayer will change things. And at this time of an extended fast, I was having these encounters with the Lord, so I called the someone I know who, who understands that in a great way. I felt like the Lord told me to call my friend Dr. Bob Rogers, who consequently I'm going to preach for him, which is like unthinkable to me. He was one of my heroes in the faith. He would come to the cathedral all those years ago when I first got saved and was still wet behind the ears with Pastor Kirsten and Minister Kimmy. We came up at the same time. He's ahead of me by six months or something in time on staff but we won't hold that against you. <laughs> Bob Rogers would preach and minister usually during the time of the fast in January. And so I'm in this extended fast having these things happen, hearing angels, hearing things. I would, I would have a hand, a hand would come on me, common, common thing that happened on an extended fast for me is I'll have a hand come on my right shoulder. And I know someone's behind me, but I also know that nobody's behind me. So it's just kind of like there's a hand on my shoulder, and I've at times been like, uh, and I know it's an angel. So I called Dr. Dr. Bob Rogers, and I was telling him some of the things that were taking place, and he said, I'm going to pray for you. I said, thanks, and he starts praying, and he prayed the most unusual prayer. He prayed. He said, Daniel, God's going to take you to heaven. He's going to give you encounters. I'm going to pray that you don't quit the fast. Go all the way. And I thought, that's kind of scary. What do you mean you're going to pray and I'll quit? What does that mean? <laughs> Prayer and fasting. What's about to happen in these next days, and even this service, really started from last week. There's been an increase in God's presence and power. And I'll tell you what will happen over the coming weeks and the coming services and our prayer meetings. It's going to continue to ramp up if you'll set your heart, if you'll set your face to seek him. It's going to continue to ramp up. And God's going to release favor. He's going to release power. He's going to release his spirit. 
It's beyond our understanding what will take place in the next 21 days. And out of this text, you begin to see the power of prayer and fasting. Let me give you just a little bit of background. The kingdom has been divided in the northern southern kingdom. Ahab, he's an evil king. He's a what? He's an evil king. Together with his wife Jezebel, they led Israel in Baal worship. I'm talking wicked, wicked, wicked. Jezebel was a princess of Tyre, led her husband into Baal worship. You know, your, your spouse will have a great influence on you. I remember years ago, Pastor Karen, in some service, God touched her and spoke to her and gave her the fear of the Lord about being my, being my wife and has given me the fear of the Lord about being her husband. You see, your, your, your marriage relationship, in fact, let me just take it a little bit deeper, your relationships that you have will have a great influence on you. So you need to cultivate godly relationships, and I would tell you to cut off everything that's not a godly relationship. Well, who's going to witness to him? No, you witness to him. I just don't be yoked to him. You fellowship with everyone. You partner with some. You build on sons and daughters. That's who you build on. That's who you, you build your life together with people that will take a bullet for you and for the Lord. You don't build your life on people that are got half-hearted, willing to do anything, compromise, steal, lie. And well, how do you find those people? I think you find them in church because I just don't trust people that don't regularly go to church. No offense. I'm just telling you for me. That's, that's one of the acid tests of you really love God. You regularly go. Well, I've been hurt in church. You're going to get hurt here too. Welcome to Kings. We won't do it on purpose. And if you find somebody doing that on purpose, you just let me know. We will help them. Amen. We don't hurt anybody on purpose. But we'll, we're all fallen, you know, and we all mess up at times. And we don't try to hurt people. You trying to hurt people, you're probably not born again. Let me say that again. If you try to hurt people, you like into hurting people, and you're into revenge, and you're, you're into taking advantage of people, you ain't saved. So you're in the right service, because by the end of this service, I'll give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. You can be born again, because you got the devil on you if you live like that. You missed a great place to say amen. Your influences, your life, that you, the lives that you build and partner with and are crucial. I told my boys, I, I told my boy, I told my, my daughter, I'm, I tell those I disciple, don't ever be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You can't have close friends that don't love God. You say, well, where do I find them? You find them here, and, and, and God will lead you to them, school, stuff like that. When you get to school, it's a prophetic word. When you get to school, in fact, where's your phone? You got a phone? All right, good. You didn't have to get this girl a phone when she goes to college. Oh, does she? All right, okay. You should record that. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. You ready? When you get to school, the Lord wants you to go and find the prayer meetings and go all up in that, in those prayer meetings. You go to the place where the real spiritual people are. They're ostracized in most schools. They're made fun of. But the other ones will try to pull you, well-meaning, pretending Christians, Half-hearted, they're all over the place. School's going to be quite an experience for you, and you're going to flourish, and you're going to do great. You get your, when there's a prayer meeting, you get in there. 
And if there isn't one, start one. And you lead just like your mom and dad taught you. You lead just like you've been here all of your life. You lead. Oh, you'll have people that will make fun of you. Just get some tough skin. And then you'll have people that really come and you'll begin to have a movement of the Spirit of God. God is going to use you along with some others to bring an outpouring to wherever you go. I don't know where you're going, but I'm telling you, that is the key for the fulfillment of your destiny and purpose. And right in the early weeks of going there, right in the very beginning, not like a month after you get there and you get acclimated, like right away. And I pray even for your roommate and the different things. God is going to orchestrate it. You pray your ears off. You even fast in this season, and God will release those miracles for you. Who you partner with, who your children are bonding with, is who's actually discipling them. So if they're bonding with somebody on, on Xbox, bonding with somebody on PlayStation 5, you know, playing some game which can be okay, but you want to be sure who your children are bonding with, and you better know who you're marrying, Jezebel, Ahab. Better pray long and hard. The most important thing you know, the most important decision of your life is giving your life to Christ. The second most important decision is who you marry. Let's have a praise break all across this place. Oh, God. All right. So Jezebel greatly influenced and and my beautiful wife greatly influences me. And I just thank God that it's soaked in prayer and I influence her. We influence each other. I remember years ago Dr. Morocco we I think we weren't even fully in our building in in Maui. We were building in a building project just like we're at. I think they had the prayer room open. And Dr. Morocco says, in the midst of that, in the midst of incredible pressure of building this large building, this is many, many years ago, Dr. Morocco says, I want you to reach your hands towards Lahaina. God's going to give us a building in Lahaina. We're going to start a church in Lahaina. That, that was just like so extra that, that uh, Pastor Colleen, sitting on the front in a prayer meeting on, <laughs> on EMP, early morning prayer, screamed in her mind, No! No, no, like no, God, it's just too much pressure, it's just too much. And the Lord spoke to her and said, your husband's my Joshua. Now are you going to go into the land or are you not going in? And she went, oh God, I'm sorry, God help me. They tell the story themselves. There's this ancestral vineyard that Ahab has his eye on. He likes it. He wants it. And so he goes, and you can go and read, you can go and read uh, this in the earlier verses. And he goes to try to buy it, but Naboth's like, I can't sell it to you. It's, it's, it's in my family. I, it, it, I can't sell it to you. And he's willing to pay anything for it, but Naboth will not sell it. And so Ahab, the pouty, evil knucklehead that he is, comes back and says to Jezebel, he won't sell me the vineyard. And so Ahab's, I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to tell you something. She happens to be a woman. I said that Jezebel's spirit is not, it does not have a gender, but I'm just telling you, Women can be scary. 
All the men are like, I don't know anything. I don't know what you're talking about. She says, I'm going to fix it. She sends letters to the city. She sends emails and texts to the city leaders from her own server. Oh, God, that was so stinking funny. I, I can't even believe it. I'm like, wow. It's, that's hysterical. Anyway, strike that from the record or leave it, whatever. They could never find the letters afterwards. <laughs> My God. If you're not following, it's probably the Lord's protection. Once again, if you're offended, <laughs> once again, if you're offended, just give us two more shots, okay? Or pretend I'm the guest evangelist and the real pastor will be back later on this week. She does a, you know, a... She works it to, to set up the death of Naboth. And, and, and they do just that. They kill him. They kill the guy for the land, for the money, for the power to appease Ahab who wants his little vineyard. And they kill him. Have these scoundrels is the word. They come and kill him. They stone him and Ahab goes to his property and while he's there taking possession of it, the Tishbite shows up. Everybody say, watch out for the Tishbite. The prophet, the prophet comes. And Elijah confronts Ahab over the murder of Naboth. He says, you found me, my enemy. You found me, my enemy. And the prophet makes a clear pronouncement of judgment. And like, it's intense. I mean, it's like classic Old Testament intense. You're going to die and the dogs are going to eat you. <laughs> Drink your blood. You're going to wipe out your posterity. You know what that is? It means your whole family, your whole family line's getting creamed. Listen, I'm telling you, some of you don't understand why there's so much evil in the world and so much, so people are able to get away with so much, especially in political levels and high levels in our nation. Well, I got news for you. There's coming a day where all the record is set straight. There's coming a day. You Come on, you can't manipulate the Son of Man on that day. On that day, everyone will give an account. Every, you, me, the Democrats, the Republicans, the independents, all the corruption will be exposed and it'll all be laid bare and God will set the record straight. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Oh, just because it looks like somebody got away with something right now. Come on, you ought to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Pastor Vince told me that. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Ahab and Jezebel didn't check themselves. And, and, and they're, they're under judgment. And Ahab humbles himself and he prays. This is, I don't know, to me it's just like, seriously, Lord, you should have just killed him. I know you don't ever make a mistake, but I mean, seriously, why didn't you just, he humbles himself and he prays and God like, God has mercy on him. And it gives us some insight into, uh, into fasting and prayer. He humbles himself and he fasts and he prays. An evil king fasts and humbles himself and God hears from heaven and intervenes. His actions give us insight into fasting. 
fasting is physical humbling of oneself before God. It's humbling yourself physically. It's pushing yourself away from food. You know, we all love food. I think most of us love food. If you love food, just... And think about food. It's interesting. I like this. I don't like that. I love filet mignon. Medium rare. Served on a 500 degree plate. I just get touched by God thinking about it. Amen. Others of you like, ew, meat reminds me of flesh and blood. Okay, get down with your vegetables then. Praise the Lord. Amen. Balut. I'm not into balut. How many of you know what balut is? Balut is a, a dish that's served in the Philippines, and it's a partially, partially developed chicken. Not fully developed, partially developed. How about in an egg? And in and, and China, they have ancient egg. They, they take eggs, and they, they bury them in the ground for like 100 years, and they dig them up, and they eat them. Yeah, no thanks. That's not like really stirring me to, to have, yes, yeah, serve me some balut. No. We do have some balut stories in this church, don't we? Eating is a picture of self. Listen, listen. Eating is a picture of self more than anything else to me. It's a picture of self. I like that. I don't like that. Can I have a little bit more salt? Oh, this is too spicy. I need to be spicy, more spicy. I like that. You know, come on. I like savory. I don't like sweet. I like sweet. I don't like savory. It's, it's a perfect picture of, of self. And Jesus said, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Fasting is folding down your humanity. Fasting is denying yourself. And it's a great thing. Some of you need to deny yourself. We all need to pick up our cross daily. You can't feed your flesh. You can't live according to your fallen human nature and expect the blessings of God. That's what Ahab, I got to have the vineyard. Fasting is a, is a cry for God's help and intervention. It's a cry for God's help. You know, I, I, I think we, we don't realize that we need more help than we know. Pastor Karen talking about the shepherd. The shepherd takes care of all the needs of these sheep. And the truth is, I don't think the sheep really realize they need help or the mites that need to be picked out of their noses. I don't, th I don't sheep know, you know, it's like when they get on their back, I think they, don't, they can't get up. Do you know they'll drown? They can't drink water out of a fast-moving brook. He leaves me besides the still waters. Because if they drink out of fast-moving waters, it rushes up their nose and they drown. Somebody said, sheep are so stupid. They're not that stupid. They just need help. Like, why would God call a sheep? Come on. <laughs> why would God call a sheep? You see sheep running. There's something to run from. In 2 Samuel 22, David fasted and he asked, he asked for God's intervention. He said, who knows, maybe the Lord will be gracious to me. Ezra fasted and prays for his journey as he was going to Jerusalem, that he would not be overcome by evil and by marauders. 
Nehemiah fasted and prayed when he got a burden for the rebuilding of the wall. It was broken down. And God answered his prayer in 52 days. Rebuild the wall. Esther and Haman fasted. Mordecai hung on his own gallows. Jesus fasted. Paul fasted. Now, what would make you think that we're not supposed to fast and pray? Nothing in Scripture, for sure. It's not popular. But I know of no greater way to release God's mercy, power, favor, anointing, blessing, than fasting and prayer. And I am excited on one level about it. The other level will fade in about three or four days. Length of time, as I said, varies. There's in Daniel 10. You can read how Daniel fasted three full weeks. That's what we're doing, 21 days. It's fascinating in Daniel 10, and perhaps I'll, I'll preach on it as the Lord leads me. But his prayers were heard, Daniel 10, his prayers were heard from the first day he set his heart to, to seek the Lord. But the answer to the prayer was hindered because of the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia is still in Persia. is a demonic entity. Powers, principalities. I'm telling you that there is powers and principalities that want to intervene in our nation, and they are. And the door is like been open because of evil and sin and debauchery and abortion and same-sex marriage and the breaking of God's word, breaking of God's law, and people turning from it to a, to a secular humanism and sociological law, which is basically what I think is right. Who gives a fig what you think is right? What God's, God's word defines what right is, and then we have to line up. And you say, well, I don't want to line up. That's fine. You don't have to. But you're going to deal with the consequences. And America is dealing with consequences. But if his people, who are called by his name, will humble themselves. That's a picture of fasting. Will humble themselves and seek his face, turn from their wicked ways. God will what? He'll heal our land. I'm telling you, the same is true for your family. Some of you want to see the breakthrough. But you're not willing to push yourself away from the bonbons and get yourself to early morning prayer. How do, No, really, seriously, how badly do you want that breakthrough? No, I mean, really. The Lord knows my heart. Yep, it's deceitfully wicked, says Jeremiah, and black above all else. You know what I've noticed? I know when people want something when they really, really do it. I have been around those who've tried to overcome drugs and alcohol, and I want to tell you something. It's an interesting thing when somebody breaks in half and they're done. They're through. They're at the bottom again, the bottom, the bottom, the bottom. They just can't take it anymore. They do whatever they got to do to get free from that thing. They're desperate. They're thirsty. I'm going to tell you, desperate Christians, there's not too many. There really isn't. But if you'll get desperate and thirsty and hungry for God to move and pour out his spirit, whether you be an Ahab or a Jezebel or serving God with all your heart like many people here, God will release his power. And we need that in America. I believe that God is tapping us and calling us up higher to fast and pray and see a tremendous change. Fasting 
gets God's attention, not man's. It's a humbling thing to admit, but I've done it before and I just don't care, so. I just had a man-pleasing thing on me so big early on in my walk. I mean, I, I just had to get a that a boy. I had to get a pat on the back. I mean, I really did. I really just wanted somebody to tell me, man, you're awesome. And I, it wasn't just anybody. It, it really was the upper-level people. So for me, as I got raised in this house over these past 25 years, you know, that, that the ultimate to me was, you know, my mom, but, but really Dr. Morocco, because he, to me, was like, this is a mountain of a man, and I just want him to be proud of me. And, and he was, but he didn't always say it, you know. He, he wasn't one that just throw out encouragement all the time. He's a very focused, very driven man. He's a kind man. He's compassionate. He's not going to weep with you. He'll analyze you while you're crying, trying to figure out why you might be doing that. But he loves deeply, and he's a great pastor, and he's still my pastor all these years now. And I spoke with him just before I came into service, and he sent his love to you, and he prayed for me that God would use this service, and God would pour out his spirit upon us. And I remember I got, a, and I've told this story before, but it's going to help, it's going to help some of you. Because if you're trying to get man's attention because you're looking all spiritual, you're going to be sadly disappointed. I was preaching. I got invited to preach. I was a life group leader, uh, a district leader. That's over a number of life groups. How many of you know what a life group is? All right, there's there are Bible studies and groups, prayer, Bible teaching, uh, and studies in homes. And we have a whole, a whole rolling out of new teams. That's like worship team, youth team, children's team. We have all kinds of teams, hospitality team. All right, usher team, so on and so forth. We have all a whole bunch of teams that are rolling out and a whole bunch of life groups that are coming. We'll let you know here in the next week or so and let you know all about that. And you, I want you to get involved in those. So I was, I was over those, some of those teams, over those life groups, pardon me, and I was invited to bring a message to Dr. Morocco at the men's, you know, the men's meeting. There was only like 20 men there. I, I fasted and prayed that God would give me a word. I still remember what I preached. I preached on Joaquin and Boaz, the two pillars outside the temple, Solomon's temple, and the meaning of that and about being a pillar in the house of the Lord. When he asked me to preach, he said, Daniel, I want you to bring a message during the day session. I thought, oh, my God, 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 oh, God, help me, help me. I started fasting. You know, the thing was that I was fasting praying, Pastor Vince, because I really wanted them to just look at me and go, oh, son, son, you're amazing, and pat me on the back, and I'd be like, <laughs> and just, you know, feel good about the fact that this major man of God thinks I'm awesome or something. So I pray, I fast, I study, man, God speaks to me. I still have the message. It's a powerful message. It's the first message I ever preached in front of Dr. Morocco. And he took notes. He took notes, Daniel. He took notes. I saw Dr. Morocco taking notes, and then I realized he takes notes for everybody later. I realized that later. He takes, always takes notes. And afterwards, you know, bodies are lying around. Doctor wasn't. He was just watching. God was moving. <laughs> And I had pastors on staff telling me, whoa, 
Oh, Bracken, you can preach, man. That was a great word. I'm like, hey, thanks. I keep waiting for Dr. Morocco to tell me, you know. The, the, the time is over. Doctor heads back to his office, and I was able to get into the inner sanctum. I didn't have a key back then. It's the Holy of Holies in the church there. And I walked back to his office. I've told this story many times, but I, I came to get the, you know, the giant trophy and be made his senior associate. That's what I came to get. So I knocked. Yeah. I, I cracked the door. I said, hey, Doc. He's like, hey, I just wanted to stop by. You know, I'm waiting. I thought he was coming. Oh, Daniel, oh, oh, man of God, come in. We've got your robe and your ring for you right here. We've been waiting for you to come. I mean, I, I was just waiting for all that. He looks at me over the rim of his glasses and says, what do you need? Um, nothing. I just thought I'd stop by. Okay. <laughs> awkward, awkward, awkward. I thought, okay then. God bless you, Jesus. I fade. I close the door. All this rejection comes on me. I mean like a freight train, like a waterfall of rejection. I'm like, <laughs> and the Lord's like, son. I knew him enough, knew his word enough that he could speak to me. He says, son. I'm like, what? Did you preach what I told you to preach? I did. He said, good job. I was like. <laughs> the fear of man brings a snare. If you fast and pray to try to get the attention of your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your brother or your sister or a pastor or a leader or someone else, you are missing it altogether. You fast and pray for the Lord and he will, for the Lord to move in your life and he will touch you. He will do amazing things. God's response to Ahab shows fasting, as Ahab's fasting shows that he's merciful. Somebody say, I want justice. You don't want justice. You want mercy. Come on, someone say mercy, Lord. Mercy. Things can change if we fast and pray. Things can change. Come on, say it. Things can change if we fast and pray. Very simply, as uh, Brother Anointed One comes to the keys, God's speaking to us tonight. If God can show mercy to Ahab, he can show mercy to the United States of America. If God can show mercy to Ahab, he can show mercy to us. And when I say us, I mean the United States and you and me. We need God's mercy. I don't know what your track record is like, but His mercies are new every morning. And if your track record is not so great, start over. This is the first night of the rest of your life. Start over. And, and through this time of prayer and fasting, ask God to expose things in your life that cause you to be an Ahab, to be a Jezebel, to cause you to do things that are out of accord with His Word. Humble yourself before Him and cry out, who knows the mercy and the power of God that can be poured out upon a people. History books are waiting to be written about a people who would believe God. God desires to give us breakthrough. Oh, the point before that. Fasting and prayer is, is giving ourselves over to greater measure to see the purposes of God fulfilled. 
I want to see his plan come about. I have a big meeting tomorrow regarding our building project. I hope it goes well. If it doesn't, the Lord's going to do something another way. I, we're finding ourselves in a flow of God's power. We're finding ourselves in a place of history. God has ordained you to be alive right now. Right now. Not in, you're not in the 1800s. You're in 2021. And he's looking for people. His eyes are going to and fro looking for a man looking for a woman whose heart is steadfast towards him, that he might strengthen him. You might have fallen a thousand times. Get up this time, fast and pray and believe God. Break all ties with the enemy. Get around people that are world changers. Start running with champions. I don't know any. There's some here and some in the making. God is doing an amazing thing and we can literally give ourselves over to seeing the purposes of God fulfilled in a greater measure. Will you do it? God desires to give us breakthrough. God desires to give us breakthrough. Come on, if he did it for Ahab. None of you here are as wicked as Ahab. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. I've chosen you. I've selected you. And I've appointed you to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains. Let these words go in your heart. This is the day. This is the hour that prophets saw afar off. You are living in them. I knit you together in your mother's womb. Before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. The enemies tried to put rejection and self-hatred upon you to say that you were a mistake, to say that you've missed it, to say that you've gone too far, or you're not smart enough, you're not old enough, or you're too young. He works every excuse to try to get you to come into agreement with his lies. But the Lord says, if you'll break agreement with the lies of the enemy and break agreement with people that peddle them, I will bring you into glorious truth and visitation. And I will heal your broken heart. And I will lift off of you the, the fear of man. And you will grow in the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. I'm calling you up higher, says the Lord. I'm calling you up to pray the prayer, to take the action, to do the things that I've ordered for you to do. For I'm causing you to will and act according to my good purpose, says the Lord. Be encouraged. Be strengthened with might. But these are the days of Elijah. These are the days of the great outpouring. I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a woman whose heart is steadfast towards me. That through you I would show my glory. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Power and display, not for your own 
not for your own gain or grandizement, but for the glory of God. Push yourself away from the things of time and tradition. Push yourself away from the things that so easily ensnare you. Set your life in order. Distance yourself from the half-hearted and the lukewarm. Distance yourself from that which binds and that which hinders. And call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. These are the days. These are the days of Elijah. These are the days. The great end time outpouring. The great end time harvest. These are the days. I have chosen and selected you. I have appointed you. Placed you in these, these times of the birth pain and the wars and rumors of wars and earthquake. Time is short. And I'm coming, says the Lord. I'm coming and my reward is with me. Break allegiance. Break allegiance from the world. Break allegiance from your flesh. Break allegiance from demonic power and from relationships that would try to seduce you. Draw near to me. I will draw near to you. The next four years are going to be the most amazing four years that there has ever been, says the Lord. Stand on your feet, won't you? Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Thank you. Come on, won't you thank him? Thank you that you've given us wisdom. You've given us your word, which clearly is a lamp unto our feet, a light upon our path. We commit ourselves to fasting and prayer. We commit ourselves, Lord, to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, Matthew 6, 33, knowing that you'll add all things. We, we commit ourselves to do. Expose anything in our lives that would try to disqualify. Expose anything in our lives. Bring revelation, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that we might know the hope of our calling and what is the glorious riches of your inheritance in the saints. the working of your power. You raise Christ from the dead. Ushers, would you come? We're going to pass out communion to those who want to participate. It's an open communion. It's grape juice and a uh, wafer prepackaged COVID-free. Can we be sure to serve those? Very good upstairs. Wonderful. And we're just going to sing some of these blood songs as communion's passed out. Now, before communion's passed out, I had somebody, before communion's passed out, boys, I had somebody tell me, Pastor, you really should have said that before they passed over. This is the meal that heals or the meal that kills, either one. You say, are you serious? Yeah, 1 Corinthians 11. I know I say it a lot, but I've found that many times people have no clue. This is a powerful moment before God. And what do you mean the meal that heals? Well, 
By his stripes we're healed, his blood, his body, which is broken for us. And as we confess him, as we believe on him, we can receive healing right now. But it's the meal that kills, says the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, to those who don't discern. Discernment is knowing that which is good, that which is evil. That you don't actually see it for what it is, and then you know you're going back to the slop that he's trying to pull you out of, but you're just going to go ahead and slam the juice and eat the cracker and then go do your life of sin and unfaithfulness to the Lord. Big mistake. You get sick that way. You die early that way, biblically. Very good. You've been warned. Ushers, would you go ahead? And as soon as everybody is served, we'll receive communion together. Come on, Minister Micah, won't you leave it? Before Jesus was born, Isaiah wrote and said, verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as sheep before its shears was silent, he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? The Bible says, though our sins be as crimson, he washes them as white as snow. Won't you get right with God? perhaps even for the first time. Give your life to Jesus, won't you? You'll never regret it. 
He made you. He's the only one that can satisfy you. He's the only one that can heal you. He's the only one that can set you free. He's the only one. Psychology and education can, can be good. It can also be poison. God can take a man, take a woman who surrenders to him and raise them up and use them in his generation. And no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what crimes you've committed before heaven or before man, God will forgive you because that's how powerful his blood is. So would you examine your heart right now? Come on, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the, the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And in likewise manner, he took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is my my blood which is shed for you and as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Can you work on that for me? That's a tough one. Hey, thanks. You're awesome. I need a special touch from God to open these things sometimes. <laughs> took the bread and he blessed it. This is my body which is broken for you. In the same manner, he took the cup and so this is a cup of the new covenant, my blood, which is shed for you. And it offers you to do this. Do this in remembrance of me. So tonight, on this first Sunday night, this first Sunday of New Year's, 2021, we pledge our allegiance to you, first and foremost, above everything else, above our culture, above our nation. We're Christians first. And we will live for you. We ask you now that you would forgive and wash and cleanse and heal us. We thank you that it's by your stripes we're healed. We thank you for all the promises. To as many as believed in him, says the book of John. Uh, first John, I think. He gave them the right to become children of God. You're not his child unless you believe on him. To believe on him is to repent of your sin and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There is no other way. The Bible says in the book of James that even the demons believe. Your belief, my belief, has to be a confession of his death, his resurrection, and your repentance and receiving his, the gift that he's given us all so freely. So God, we confess you as our Lord and Savior and we repent of our sin. Wrong thoughts, attitudes, come on, just repent all across this place. Wrong thoughts, attitudes, motives, forgive us. We declare your forgiveness today. We receive your forgiveness. And God, we receive your healing now. And thirdly, we declare that you are coming back for your bride. You're coming back for us. You've gone to prepare a place for us, and you're coming back soon. Very soon. And so we thank you and we praise you. We receive all of these things and declare them in Jesus' name. Amen. Eat and drink together.
side. You guys soon. You can do better. I know you can. You're next. generation how beautiful you know you all sounded so good i think we should do it one more time <laughs> come on minister micah ready soon and very soon Singing. we are going to see the king hey
stop. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. worthy. Yeah. We give you praise. Father, thank you for what you've done. If you want prayer, you want a word from the Lord, you just come and stand before these teams and they'll minister to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance towards you. May he be gracious to you. I'm going to interrupt my own prayer. The Lord is going to pour out his spirit on you. In the place of your, your upbringing, that home, he's going to visit you. There'll be some healing, some dreams, and things that happen, some memories. Lord's bringing you back to that place to declare redemption, healing, and divorce. The curse of divorce is broken and will never be in your line again. And the Lord says, Son, I'm making you into a wonderful father. And all of your kids will serve the Lord. restoration. I'm going to give you in that place inheritance. Now, I don't know all that that means. I think there's spiritual inheritance. There's the, the blessing of God. It's going to come on you the next level. And I see you owning your own business. You're going to write your own checks. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to bless you. Because you said yes. <laughs> May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance towards you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. God bless you. Happy New Year. We'll see you Wednesday night. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.